This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. And welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard <laughs> Podcast. I'm your Just host, Joe Peterson. Right With me, as always, my good friend, co-host, Eric O'Branson. Eric, how's it going? It's going good. With us also back again this week. With a lot of really exciting insight into things that we were just talking about before we started recording, Ryan Stiskel. Ryan, are you there? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. So that if was you're a sneak, a sneak attack intro, this there, was a total so. sneak attack. So if anybody's just joining us, we um we were we were pre-recording and a conversation popped up, um that that was actually it was. It, Kind of one of those hard conversations to have when a little bit against the grain. It was not an, an easy, smooth transition, but I had to just go for it. So yeah, he jumped right in, no lube. Right just in, jumped yeah. right, right in, in. No lubrication. Yeah, but otherwise, how are you guys? <laughs> Doing I'm good. good. Doing good. I got my beer thermos, so I'm good. Yes, yeah, Ryan I mean, you should tell thermos. the world about your beer thermos. You you gloated <laughs> in private, and here's your chance to. Okay, I'll go. I'll go quick. So so when when I record with you guys, I'm in a I'm in a room like are my art room essentially full of shit where we also don't know where to put things it gets hot in here it's small it gets hot and so the beers that we're i drink is they're they just get warm so i just threw i just threw a milk stout a left-handed milk stout nitro in case they're listening and we want to get a sponsorship uh i threw it in a in a uh double vacuum insulated thermos with um plastic ice cubes and it is the coolest greatest beverage and it's not going to go hot at all and i'm happy i'm i'm happier than i was last week that's that's genius that's what I, I, I thought i was really smart because you know i grabbed a koozie tonight because it gets kind of warm in the room i'm in too but you beat me i mean that's you gotta up I, it, I, I just drink them fast so they don't get cold <laughs> i mean there's always that way to go too yeah i drink them fast too so the koozie is probably useless but yeah it gives you good grip though good grip yeah well, good grip grip good grip so last good, week good we discussed yeah. the really heavy uh, psychological horror drama Jacob's Ladder uh, from mm-hmm. 1990, which is probably you know as you know we record a couple episodes in one session, which is probably why we're all a little punchy right now because that's a hard <laughs> movie to talk about. Uh, but, but we're going to continue yeah. this conversation though about. Um, it's kind of this is a, a general theme, I guess, like supernatural horror dramas from the 90s yeah right? and Theor- and Ryan like touched on that theological yeah oh i do have a name for it i do have a name for it the segment should be called uh god why are you so scary because that's what this is it, it is really like, is oh. <laughs> it, it <laughs> this really is like is. god god but, why are you so fucking scary but you did bring up a good point especially at the end of the last episode about how this really ushered in a trend that went on into the late 90s into the early 2000s of these supernatural especially kind of Christian-themed supernatural um, horror films, but they kind of ended up being kind of supernatural Christian action horror films, you know, stuff like oh, Legion I mean, and... End of Days with Arnold Schwarzenegger. If you have Arnold in a movie, that's when you know the franchise is like, okay, we're near the end. Yeah, the genre yeah, needs to wrap yeah. it up. Uh, but, you yeah. know, there, there were some... But there were there were a plethora of kind of biblical-type horror thriller actioner type movies um right around the i don't know when the movie we're going to talk about tonight was made right in the mid 90s so 1995 and like right around this time i there was a ton of these things coming out so i feel like prior to the 90s we had we had a few of those you know obviously had the exorcist films um i actually don't really off the top of my head have another great example of one of those but um I don't know what the catalyst for it was, but one of these, you know, something came along that all of a sudden we were dumped 
five, ten movies a year that kind of were in this vein of religious horror films. So it's well, like she, a pseudo exorcism. <clears throat> it's like nineties exorcism. You know what? what it's like interesting stigma, because yeah, as, so. and some, some of those films, um, I remember being pretty good. Um, you know, I remember, I remember <laughs> really which ones <laughs> I, I remember liking <laughs> fallen with Denzel Washington. Yeah, actually. Okay. And I, I remember I liking like devil's one. advocate because it's Keanu Reeves and it's Al Pacino as the devil. I mean, you tell me. I remember bad. liking Pacino in that movie, but yeah. yeah, I don't remember much about it other than that. Yeah, but you know, you know so what? there were some hit or miss ones. But what I was just going to say is, and we're going to talk more about the, the movie that we're going to discuss tonight. But um, I do have a bit of a soft spot in my heart for religious horror films that aren't Christian, non-Judeo-Christian mythos. And that doesn't mean I like all of them, because just because you decide to make a movie about a jinn doesn't mean that's not the same thing. But because the Judeo... Well, and, and, and borrowing from mythology doesn't make something religious either. It's got to right. have a religious kind of thing Theo. to it. To, right. Yeah. And there have been some, some good Middle Eastern ones. There have been some good uh, kind of Jewish, Hebrew uh, mythos. Um, I mean, the Golem, right? Way back The yeah. whole concept of the Golem, <laughs> yeah, is... is yeah pretty terrifying if you think about it um i mean that, but that's a concept that's been recycled in other horror films but mm-hmm. a good movie just about that alone would be would be interesting and i'm sure maybe it's been done and i just haven't seen it but um well yeah i mean there's a famous silent old horror film from the 19 teens or early 20s that um yeah that is, is pretty phenomenal one one i think would be kind of cool and maybe this will spark a conversation and it develops from here with us but um i always thought it'd be cool to see a a a religious horror film where the whole thing is hey like this ancient mythology that everybody you know just ignores now or just talks about in like their high school literature class what if that's real like, what if Judeo-Christian's wrong, and Islam is wrong, and Judaism is wrong, and Hindu is wrong, and Buddhism is wrong? It actually is Norse, and it's that fucked up. How about this? <laughs> How about Scientology? Because that's pretty fucked up on its own. Well, the whole history of that is fucked up. Wait, <laughs> well, they mean, did make it, a movie off of that, didn't in they? In a way, I mean, Neil Gaiman's John's novel American Gods plays with that idea. Yeah. Like, what if everything was real in a way i think like all of the yeah. mythology and that that the gods themselves feed off of mythology and belief and all that stuff which anyway getting way off topic but yeah that's, that's no kind no of, it I, leads I wish into it would have been movie. a little bit better of a television series yeah. But. yeah that's been disappointing but no i just thought that'd be kind of a cool thing like what if there was a film that wasn't just about like hey norse mythology is real but how but in in modern times how religion like christians would respond to that how people of the jewish faith would respond to that how islam would respond to that when it's like there's no more question like that's fucking odin right there yeah (laughs) or maybe go to some crazy ass you know religious sect that nobody worships anymore some ancient you know sumerian or whatever you know and that turns out (laughs) to be true that they had it right actually everything else after that was <laughs> yeah what if the, i mean shit there's been crazier films made that'd be kind yeah. of Quo- interesting quoting thing. quoting uh the guy who built the death star for this is terrible i forgot his the character's name but just quoting that meme like we were that close to perfection <laughs> like that yeah. close to finishing perfection and that's the reference to like we're you were right with this one sumerian zool god <laughs> and then you you fucking skipped over it and what were you doing carrying tranquil tranquilizers when you're going to visit a girl that you have a crush on what's wrong with you right you know so it's like well with the <laughs> you know Sorry. yeah you bring up like zool right what of ghostbusters Ooh. like where's where's the part in the sequel of <laughs> gozer. ghostbusters the, the where gozer. they talk about we're, how actually... hey you now know gozer is a real thing which means like no oh, nobody steps on a church in my town apparently that doesn't matter <laughs> because <laughs> this is a god that's real <laughs> And lives in a penthouse, a supernatural penthouse. Yeah. Not, well, speaking of, not what, what bad movie are we for Lower about? Manhattan. Yeah, what movie yeah, are right. we talking about? Because <laughs> we've talked about more than what this movie is. For those of you that are still listening, <laughs> we continue our discussion on the mid nineties uh, kind of supernatural horror drama films with the nineteen ninety five American fantasy horror thriller film The Prophecy. So yeah, this one's starring uh, Christopher Walken, uh, Elias Codius, Virginia Madsen, 
Eric Stoltz, Viggo Mortensen, Amanda Plummer. I mean, it's got an amazing cast. Uh, yeah, really it actually does, yeah. It was yeah. surprising. The, the basic premise of this one, uh, it was written and directed, first of all, by Gregory Wint, uh, Wyden. And it's actually the first of a series. We're not going to get into the four sequels of the Prophecy films at this point. Uh, but the film because tells the story I mean, of yeah. the Archangel Gabriel, played by Christopher Walken, and his search for an evil soul on Earth, and a police detective, played by Codius, uh, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, who unknowingly becomes caught in the middle of this angelic civil war. So it's, it's a, yeah, there's a civil war going on in heaven. And one thing I do like about this film is angels are, are dicks. Yeah. Oh, massive. I mean, kind of, yeah. Everybody, it, it, they're... I like the way that they characterize the angels in this movie because they're all... There's good angels, there's bad angels, whatever. But they're all kind of creepy, right? Even Eric Stoltz as Simon Yeah. in this film is a little off-putting, a little alien, oh, like, which I think actually makes it kind of a... It's kind of a cool way to envision alien. Or like mou- mouthing a child and putting an evil old man's evil soul in her? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's fucked definitely. up. <laughs> well, and the let's not skip the, around the bush, the, Eric. It, the they're angels, fucked up. The angels in here alone, right? They have like no eyes. Their their bones oh. don't have growth lines in them. Well, here's the yep, thing: Satan, Satan yeah. in this movie is the most likable angel and the <laughs> least really creepiest is. angel. Not to say he isn't creepy; he's fucking weird. Yeah. But I think the fact that it's Vigo <laughs> playing Vigo Mortensen as Lucifer in this movie that and Christopher Walken steal the show. Those two. Yeah. That's it. That's the only well, reason. Well, and, like, and really, yeah. Walken and Stoltz together in that one scene is great. And it only lasts like five minutes, and then he like kills him, and it's done. And like it's like I could have watched those two kind of go head to head for half of this movie. Like why did why did we only get five minutes? And then and then yeah, Viggo Mortensen it, is the highlight of this movie. He's might be one of my favorite screen portrayals of Lucifer or the devil ever put on film it's definitely the best thing about the prophecies anyway i would agree he starts off with like the greatest fucking threat i think you can throw at anybody and it's when this woman is like just doesn't want to really deal with him and he's just like listen i can have you eating your mother's excrement like like (laughs) have it appear in your mouth kind of threat and it was just like holy shit and he's saying this mind you all the angels they do this thing where they perch they just yeah. perch on these random objects, and he's perched on this fucking rock, saying, "I'm gonna make you mo- eat your mom's dead shit." How about that? Also, also, she didn't go to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> now you're gonna listen to what the fuck I have to say, but he says it in such a like a like fucking Aragon like yeah. romantic yeah. way. He says, yeah. I, "I will lay you out <laughs> and fill your mouth with your mother's feces, or you can talk to me." <laughs> it's like, let's. <laughs> where shall we sit? <laughs> Do I need to perch as well? <laughs> Yeah, tea and cake or death, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> cake or death. Ah, oh, I'll have cake. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. But that's yeah, so the, the otherwise, I mean, so this film was good enough to, I guess, to spawn four sequels. Uh, and, and no, it's Walking not. Is, I mean, it's not. I'm going to tell you right away. It it's was, not good enough, and the sequels aren't either. Well, well yeah, I was going to say it's not doing a colonoscopy without lubrication. That's what those. <laughs> So it was it a just gets worse. intro to this show. Yeah. Um, I, what I was talking to Joe a bit, little bit about in between uh, recordings or was that <laughs> like this was a movie that when it came out, so 1995, I probably saw this pretty much when it came out. And I really, really remember liking this movie and saw it multiple times at that age, but then haven't seen it for two decades, right? So coming back to it was kind of weird because i really i think i really was trying to like it again and just going kind of like oh this movie's pretty blah it's just kind of like it's mythology is kind of well essentially it's it's a weird modernization of paradise lost right and it's just um it's the second it's uh how the movie describes it's it's the second angel civil war like after the fall of lucifer and he's like no i'm good but then, like, this whole, it's uh, Gabriel, um, Walken's character, who's just like, I, I hate humanity. Uh, should I do a voice? I feel like I should do a voice when it comes to Walken. I, I think everybody you has do, to. It's a you have to. <laughs> it's Christopher like, Walken. I hate you, all of you. <laughs> talking monkeys. Especially talking monkeys. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't cry. But, yeah, I'm looking for 
evil soul to prove that you guys are assholes not you us guys should you should just do a whole podcast assholes. where you both are christopher walken the whole time it'd be crazy i mean God. who would listen to a show 45 minutes most of it's bullshit of just <laughs> more talking monkeys okay i don't want there's it. the there's the name of the show right there more talking god why are you so scary said the talking monkeys more talking monkeys yeah but he you know what christopher walken is so okay i want to amend my earlier statement where he's great in this he's so greatly out of place in this yes that is (laughs) he's great because he's christopher walken he shows up and he does what he does and it's all he's always fascinating um but yeah i think he's kind of like out of place in this movie a little bit he doesn't play badass well, but he's great when he pairs up with somebody that's kind of—I don't want to say of his caliber, because I—but like his scene with Eric Stoltz is great. His scene with Vito Vigo Mortensen is great. Him picking on his, you know, familiars or whatever you call the, you know, dead, dead, half-dead people he brings back to life to oh, God. be his stooge. Um, some of the that's good and it's the only bit of humor this movie is strangely humorless i've kind of found and i remember in the sequels they play up the humor of him picking on his you know dead stooges a little bit more but um that's one thing that was weird about this to me is like even like the grimmest of movie even jacob's ladder like last week has a few moments of lightness right this movie like just kind of crawls around and i think i remember that of like all of these religious horror films of this era like they just take themselves so seriously and everything's like so serious and dark but at the same time it really hurts because they're talking about stuff that's kind of you know it's ancient mythology it's christian mythology it's it's loss of faith is hard to swallow like it's it's, it, it should be i don't know it shouldn't be played so seriously i think it hurts the movie at the end of the day but, well, that's because well. it's not a great movie for what it's telling. It's telling what everything else tells. It's like, okay, maybe things are what you think they are in heaven. But goddamn, Christopher Walken is the reason that you like look up and watch the movie because yeah. he's so yeah. out of place. It's like, ah, oh, you're a bre- like you're just a breath of fresh air. <laughs> I know. I'm just I'm well, you know my he, rusty trombone. He, he also, oh god, you know he. I don't know. I, I the first movie being taking itself very seriously, I can I am okay with. You know, and I don't want to I don't want to go too much into the other sequels and stuff like that. But yeah, the other sequels do they they have the room to lighten up. And what's odd though about the actual series though, they all have pretty good casts for the most part. Yeah. You know, they they either have Walken or they have Carrie Wurr or they have Tony Todd or Jason Scott Lee or Danzig. Yes, Glenn Danzig like has have... a very brief appearance in the Prophecy <laughs> yes. 2 in the beginning as an angel. Um, I will say, I feel like you have to defend it because you're the guy who owns the multiple series DVD combo. I do. I, I, I mean, <laughs> you have to, to justify to that give, purchase. To give you benefit of the doubt, I loved these movies. I, I think I've only seen the first three, but like, yeah, I asshole. remember liking all three of these movies at a certain age. It's just, um, I don't think I'm going to go back and revisit the other two after revisiting this one because it just i don't the, the, another issue i have with it and i i'm gonna be the last person in the world that's gonna like rip on something for being like a low budget movie or a b movie or um but this movie sets up like this whole like biblical angel angelic civil war like you said and then, like, the climax of the film takes place in about five seconds in, like, an Indian or a Native American, what would you call that, a wort or a tent or... Um, They're doing an exorcism. They have wigwam. to do an exorcism yeah. because and the girl is Native American. The And she's filled with a racist white old man. It's quite... <laughs> right. we're, yeah. we'll talk about that later. I got things to say about that, but you continue, Eric. Sorry about that. But, yeah, no, the, the, the thing is that the climax of the film is like so rushed and muddled and really the whole like war between the factions of angels comes down to like some hokey shadow special effects and it was prevented it was like the whole war on angels was technically prevented yeah Yeah. and then you know they you know 
Lucifer and Gabriel have some words and and that's it. That's the whole thing that it builds up to like this it was going to be this world-ending climax and and for some reason I'm totally cool with that like when it happens on like a television show like that that sounds like an episode it could have been an episode of something I really like, like Doctor Who, right? I did not necessarily that narrative, but like you know, that quick, it all happens like in a, a room quick, with like, people oh, talking because that's how this. that always happens yeah. on that show. But <laughs> yeah. but for some reason, this like it just felt like a big letdown. I don't know. I don't know why I didn't notice that when I was younger and really liked this, but I think I was just taken with Watkins great, Mortensen's great, and and Eric Stoltz is great in this movie, and I think that all makes it worth checking out if you've never seen it, but. The general narrative of this movie is just not all that compelling. It's kind of a boring movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I Virginia, really Mad- Virginia Madsen is an actress that is totally wasted in this movie because she's a talented Very. And, and great in certain things, and she just isn't given anything to work with. I wanted to say on your ending part, though, the one thing that does kind of save it, or at least it saved it for me, going back to Vigo. <laughs> is the scene where in which he kills Christopher Walken. I'm not going to say Gabriel. He kills Christopher Walken, Aragon, rips out his heart, eats it, gets like kind of like satisfaction from it, like an eerie, uncomfortable, like, ooh. And then he like <laughs> drunkenly, quote unquote, it seems like he's drunk, comes up and says, hey guys, you want to come back to hell with me? Like he's flirting with the guys like, come on, man, come back with me. It's just like everyone's just dealt with this like hellish exorcism. The light of God hitting this Ghostbuster style like CGI ghost. And you get uh, Viggo Mortensen, Satan, getting drunk off of Christopher Walken's heart going, hey, you want to come back to hell with me, baby? And they're calling it well, home. Fine, fuck come... you. And then he drags the fucking yeah. body back down yeah. to hell. Yeah, you tell he asks them to come home and then he he hisses i will love you more than jesus which was a creepy ass cool fucked like up like an line. ex-girlfriend like like a one like a one night stand that you regret like well too clean. I, and i think that's that <laughs> that creepy bizarreness is one of the reasons i absolutely love that portrayal i would i would put this up there with my favorite portrayals of of uh, an, you know somebody satan portraying satan yeah. in a film this yeah. and, and believe well, it or not peter stormare in constantine is yeah, also one of my favorites. That's actually a movie, and there's not a lot to say about prophecy. I don't mind bringing up other films. Um, but oh, yeah, we're doing it. We're yeah, doing we're it. Gonna, Con- Guys, Constantine was, was another one that it was like, it wasn't good, but it wasn't as bad as people say either. It has its moments, and that's one of them. Yeah. Is Peter Stormare as, as Lucifer? Constantine, or Lou, I remember Lou. <laughs> not being a great adaptation of Hellblazer right. Hellblazer comic series but it wasn't necessarily the worst movie ever it just wasn't I think yeah it, I think it's like a more successful version of of uh prophecy it is actually now that you said it like I'm thinking it about prophecy kind of, yeah. and like this is the level of supernatural Only, seriousness and humor Keanu Reeves has a little bit more charisma than Elias Cody's in yes this movie who is just like the most you know I'm sorry but Casey Jones is not really uh Oh my god, I didn't realize material. that's who it was. Oh yeah, like, you didn't realize that, of course. Like, no, I kept Jones. trying to, like, like who the fuck yeah. was that guy? I know it was Casey Jones guy. more than his actual name. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it, fuck it. Now that you said that, it's official. This movie is is now a side future Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is what happens to Casey Jones. He tries to find religion, doesn't, <laughs> and has to deal with evil Christopher Walken. And becomes a cop, and then becomes has to a, becomes a cop. Oh, if I'm not going to be a priest, I might as well be a cop. <laughs> totally, yeah, with no explanation. Jump. It just jumps from like, oh, I'm a failed priest. Now I'm a detective. Like, boom. So a successful <laughs> cop if you're a detective, right? Right. Yeah. Total side tangent, but just since we're talking about like, oh shit, that's Elias Cody. Oh, that's Casey Jones. <laughs> like knowing somebody for a particular role. There's a whole generation of people that know Sean Astin as quote Bob from Stranger Things. <laughs> oh, and that's well, and our entire generation knows him as Rudy or Samwise Gamgee. That's about <laughs> or Rudy. or Mikey Rudy, from Goonies, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Goonies. you know. So I actually I was reading you a blog where I somebody know... pointed this out and said you need to correct these kids and say no, that's not Bob from Stranger Things. That is Sean Astin, multi generational treasure. <laughs> No, no, that's that's the weird. This is what you do with my generation. He you didn't say, no, walk all the way to Mordor. How exactly did this relate to Frodo the whole time? <laughs> to be called Bob from Stranger Things. 
He didn't so want to play don't... football that bad to be called Bob from Stranger Things. <laughs> but you forget about his his crowning achievement, the brother from Fifty uh, First Dates. Fifty First Dates. One of those power shakes. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and that lisp, that over that like lisp. overcooked tan, and the the fucking netting uh, tank top, and that lisp. Like, and just and beautiful. Why the, did he not get an Emmy? And he's in the TV series The Strain. <laughs> so yeah. At least for the first it's season. It all comes full yeah. circle for you. Comes full circle, yeah, it really does. We're talking about Jacob's ladder and all that stuff. Yeah. But so, yeah, so the prophecy the fan, kind of fan sucks. Of that <laughs> is Sean Astin. That all being one character, right? Is when we're yes, he's multi. But he's not in the prophecy, which is what we're talking about today. Oh, right, yeah. up <laughs> and somehow you get the prophecy. I don't know, but no, I, yeah. I, I, the prophecy. And, and the, my my point was Elias Codius is just like the weakest link in this cast, and really he's is. kind of the lead character. And it, yeah. I don't know, none of his like. I'm a priest that lost my faith. I'm a cop investigating. Like his his performance, and nothing about him is compelling as a character or as as a performance, and so that hurts it a little bit. And I don't know. All those things that hurt it a little bit start to pile up against all the things I kind of like about it. And I don't know. And and then on top of the fact that we've we've said multiple times, it's not a tr- really that interesting of a story in the first place. So. It's um, not, but it's just unfortunate like because it could be, you know? It actually could be. The premise itself is kind of, like, it, it was giving, like, I think every generation has its its versions of these this, you know, mythology kind of spelled out in a different way. But um, this, I think, gave birth to the entire, maybe this was the one. I mean, maybe, I, I'm trying to think what would have come before this, but maybe this was the one that kind of, because it was such a sleeper hit. Um, kind of gave birth to that whole 90s like religious horror phenomenon we were talking about so um, the the basic mythology behind this film and behind the rest of the prophecy films literally becomes the mythology for like 20 other movies and the entire series of Supernatural and the like all of this crap that comes afterwards it's like nobody bothered this became you know the quote-unquote christian mythology to the point where people actually probably believe this stuff as part of their religion at this point mm-hmm. <laughs> like um I will which say- it's it's not it's just creative it's a creative modernization of, of paradise lost that they did for a couple of movies in the 90s <laughs> so, and i yeah. want to compare this to jacob's ladder uh, and that jacob's ladder was successful because not only did you have a, actually a simple story a simple premise when you really know the whole story it's kind of a simple premise but told so kind of complexly with the the environment and the world and the characters that it uses, like the the effects and the cinematography really like stands like we have nightmarish imagery to go with this philosophical dread. Whereas yeah. this movie, it like like you like we've kind of mentioned it, it could potentially be a good story, but it's kind of just a it's shot lazily. Like the effects are like trying too hard with what little they have and it doesn't just do a good job of like developing this this these world of characters whereas like when constantine when you saw a demon for even like for like a few seconds the level of detail the way it was shot like you get an idea of what a character was by with the visuals with these angels which you do get introduced to various creepy cool pre men in black designs with the hollowed out eyes and stuff but it doesn't do more with it because it all because that creepy angel does the same shit as every other angel there's like really no there's nothing about it where it's just like well that was interesting like nothing. yeah 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 and it's uh yeah except I, for walking well and, and uh, well, my question is what's the for the first angel that we meet is i think simon and there's a second one um who cares? Like it's like you don't even know oh. his name. <laughs> I think they say his name a couple times. They do. They do say it. Um, but he's kind of like malformed and has like marks all over his body, and it's like, but it's never really given any explanation why he is, you know, mutate. Like why is he kind of monstrous when Gabriel and Simon are fine look like human beings you know um as much as christopher walken could be said to look like a human being but (laughs) um yeah so yeah even within its own kind of 
Maybe it's exactly, maybe maybe you're onto something that's exactly the opposite of Jacob's Ladder that took something that's a simple concept and, and used, you know, the, the art of, of film to kind of explore it. This took something that is a extremely complex concept and tried to tell it in a 90-minute low-budget <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, thriller yeah, this, and, this had a, um, what's the budget for this one? I think it's under, I found it somewhere under production. It wasn't very good. I mean, the movie made $16 million. In its whole run. I think it was ended up being quite a big success. It was a low budget kind of sleeper hit, and it it ended up being, you know, pretty successful in the especially in the video store. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it it definitely doesn't because being the, this is the first time I've heard of it, and I got exposed to it. About sixteen million, so well, it doubled it. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, that's one of those situations where good thing happens to people, but it's worse for the rest of the world. I mean, an $8 million is relatively low budget. I mean, yeah. it's not... Considering it's a Miramax production, so it was Dimension. Yeah. Um, an early one. Dimension film, actually. But Yeah, it really was. Uh, one thing that I did like about this... I mean, one thing about Walken's character and his his portrayal of Gabriel, or just the, the character of Gabriel in this, and we, we've touched on it briefly, is but the the kind of, you know... The, the ghoul, right? The, the ghouls that he, he kind of... His henchmen or whatever you want to call them. His helpers. Um, <laughs> his you know. his kidnap victims, essentially. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, the, the first one that you meet is, uh, is Adam Goldberg as Jerry, who's a, a suicide, who <laughs> he caught him just as he committed suicide, and he won't let him die. Yeah. I mean, just the, the that those interactions again. Anybody that is talking to Walken in this movie, those are great scenes. Like the first time you meet Jerry, he's a guy who's committed suicide because he's heartbroken over a girl or something, and which is pretty fucked up right there. But then Gabriel appears, and the first thing this living dead guy suicide says is "fuck off, Gabe." You know, like he's been just taunt. He won't let him die, and then he does the same thing to Amanda Plummer. Who's Rachel? Uh, her name is Rachel. Rachel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dies of a terminal yeah, and, uh, illness, uh, and he keeps Plummer. her. Alive. Talk about being wasted in this movie as well. But anyway. I, I, well, I was going to use that as a segue. Amanda Plummer is wasted in everything. Everything. I've looked. I was going to say the she exact has same. never had a like starring leading role that I could find, or maybe I'm missing something. She's always, but these... she always brings so much to her like small roles. Like she's always memorable, right? Yeah. I mean, well, she's she's kind of. Yeah creepy but yeah in a, in a, wasn't she in pulp fiction yeah she's, yeah. In, she's yeah. always yeah got... and that was probably her most famous moment is that yeah. yeah she's in a uh, lot though you're right though. She's in... thing, yeah but yeah mm-hmm. even... so if she's listening to this podcast and why wouldn't she amanda Plummer, like, you're rock just rock yeah we're, we're here yeah. for you if you want to come on i think that's fine we have the same level of fame the most screen time i've ever seen her get was in that um in um satan's little helper joe the <laughs> yeah <laughs> um which she had still as a supporting role, but well, yeah. um, I don't know. What about um, so I married an axe murderer? Yeah, oh yeah, right. she did get some screen time in that. Too. Yeah, she yeah. a bigger role. Anyway, in that she's one. but yeah, no, she's but fantastic. Never... She always brings a lot to what she does, and I'm surprised she does hasn't had some. My favorite role she ever played though was still, um, you know, and again, yeah, she's been a, like a. She was in Fisher King and Pulp Fiction and Joe vs. the Volcano. Even one of the Hunger Games movies, I think it was the, the 2013 one. Um, but, uh, yeah, her portrayal in Needful Things has always been my oh, favorite yeah. for some reason. Uh, in the Stephen King film, Needful Things. Her her character, I'm trying to remember, um, Nettie. Her character of Nettie Cobb in Needful Things was great. Because she has that kind of innocence... Older woman. She has that familiarity. Yeah, like she's somebody that you feel like you can know. Like she's really down to earth and just you're comfortable. Like you look like a normal person. You behave. You seem to behave like a normal person. And then she goes crazy with most of her characters that I've seen. But no, she's yeah. you're comfortable with her. And I just now realized that her dad was Christopher is Christopher Plummer. Holy shit. <laughs> You know, I didn't. Put hey, you know what? This is the, this is. But now I can totally see it. Like, yeah, I, I look totally at pictures of them. Yeah, like, holy right. shit! Yeah, of course they're related. Yeah. Wow. So that this is the same. Like, so anyway. I find out about Casey from Teenage. You found out about Plumbers. Amanda Plummer. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, and and Tammy Grimes is, was her mom. But what about huh. prophecy? 
It's yeah, not... it's... we're trying to escape it. <laughs> we really I'm are. Well, there's it's it. God. Yeah, this. I'll be honest. Can like, we save Eric... it? Can we? Can we say anything good about <laughs> walking? I think we have walking. Yeah. There's got a good cast. They're just most of the people are underused. And I mean, I, I'm with you, Eric. Give... On this one, the first yeah. time I saw this, I remember really liking it. But it mm-hmm. just and that was in the early 2000s. So it was only five or six years old, maybe seven years old at the time. It just hasn't aged well. Um, yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it. Is it hasn't aged well? It, it the the production hasn't aged well. I will say that the the the, the brief creature effects in it are kind of cool. There are some cool shots yeah. in this. You know, I say like when they first introduced Gabriel and his meat minion, they show like the decayed, maggot-infested pizzas, and it kind of like hints at this guy who's like whose life is forced to continue beyond when he wants it to. <laughs> Well, how they're yeah. crying, and he like, I just want to die. And then Christopher Walken, every time a person cries, like, stop, stop doing that. I don't yeah. like that. Don't. It's just funny. He, It's a comedy. <laughs> it should be a comedy. It needs to be a comedy. That's why, yeah, I think if they would have, like, stopped taking them so, so seriously, they could have had a really good movie here. Um, but, yeah, I think it really hurt it that they're, like, being so deadly serious about everything. Like, it really is the gospel or something. Um Instead of, you know... A like it's supposed to change your movie. life or some shit. <laughs> like, yeah. What was the um, message with this movie? Was there a message? Yeah, I mean, not anything I got out, outside of, you know... No, I mean, I, not really. Did There wasn't even thing, anything particularly religious about it, even though it was based on religious mythology. Like, It was it definitely... Didn't, it well, didn't, like, say you had to, you know, have some sort of, like... None of the events led you to have to side with in fact if you get done watching this movie you're like well lucifer is pretty fucking cool actually i mean i could he's he's a little weird right but i mean he's you even want walking to win you kind of want walking to yeah but any any movie where i mean right away yeah what's it trying to say when it's like you know lucifer he's not the worst character in this movie i think that's it's an interesting take on on the mythology like the his characterization is interesting because he's not the bad guy he's like a neutral party in this like he really uh, is in yeah. fact he he's helping the be- he's helping the good guys prevent another hell because he's because yeah. he says himself there's one hell too many and he doesn't say it like a guy that's just like hey like i totally that's mine that's my gig that's my hell i don't want to err no it's it's really sorry it's really like a guy who who is like listen i already caused some i already fucked shit up i don't think anyone else needs to keep fucking shit up because it's bad you think you know how bad it is no it's bad Mm -hmm. and it goes and it says like hell's not brimstone and fire it's the absent of like god's love god got god's voice um or anything anything good it's just the absence of good it's not bad it's just the absence of good I feel like this movie does deserve some credit for being the springboard, though, for those concepts like you're talking about becoming more common in other films. Because, like, I'm, as you're saying that, I'm like, yeah, we could say the same thing about Constantine, mm-hmm. right? It's I say Dogma. Dogma is the best or one. Or Dogma, it. or you know, this whole this was one of the first movies to really be like, hey, this whole like angels are good, devils are bad. Let's make that more complicated. Because yeah. it's like, yeah, which if you read, you know, like some of the the, the 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 more catholic how do i word this nicely if i want to um kind of the <laughs> the, the catholic amendments to yeah. you know the the judeo-christian bible um you know like the whole thing about like lilith and all of that which is like it's not in the bible it's some kind of you know catechism thing um that that kind of stuff is ripe for the picking though because there's some really fucked up stories there and i i i have nothing against the religious thrillers no as as somebody who you know actually i don't i don't i'm not a a person of a faith but um it doesn't mean i can't enjoy a good story i I don't believe in zeus either but i think greek mythology is kind of cool you know like some of those stories are really cool um, and so I, I do find that religious horror films tend to scare me a little less because it does it it does play out like mythology to me, but it doesn't make it doesn't make it any less compelling. Like I, I enjoy things, you know, especially things that dive into this and, and speculate and kind of play around with some of the mythology is interesting. Well, like I was saying, this movie the, just didn't quite. 
yeah i don't know i think those are the things i liked about it when i was a kid but now it's like okay i've i've seen this done and done and done again and to certain you know there's better and there's worse but this is even if this was like the launch pad for all of that stuff it's just not quite the movie i remember it's one of those that i actually kind of wish i'd never watched again because i had i had such pleasant memories of it but i you know that's what we do here but well yeah and i think that's that's a good that's a good test though because if a movie's really good it'll hold up mm-hmm. right and or if i for me i don't have a nostalgia i don't have any connection to it like nostalgia wise i was alive back then but i definitely this is definitely the first time i ever heard of the franchise mm. like just a few days or a few weeks ago when um this was brought up but like it's I can I can say it's just like it has its fun bits. I understand why you guys probably actually liked the movie when you did when when you were younger, and um, but yeah, it's it's hard like when you when you <laughs> when you've been exposed to like the way that movies have changed over the years, and like what a franchise can be with like Marvel for example. Like you get franchises like Marvel, but you can still have a deep telling story like where you're like oh, I just cried over fucking spoiler but it's it's (laughs) several spoilers yeah 3000 even but it's it's i'd say with this movie this movie's difficult because it's it really doesn't know what its its message is and it doesn't it gives you a quote-unquote positive message like guy gets his faith back or some shit or angel doesn't have his faith but when you really break it down like you're like okay you tag this on because when i break it down it's like this guy well you tell me this whole angel business he didn't really have faith in god until the moment that he sees the light just further pushing that point it's just like i don't believe in something until i see it well that's that's Which, kind of the whole like doubting thomas story from the right. bible and honestly the best portrayal i've read about that is still douglas adams and hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy where <laughs> history of the babble fish <laughs> and all that stuff and mm-hmm. where they go into how um you know man confronts god and said so what's your whole shtick and god says well i exist through faith that's how i have power and that's how i exist is through faith and man says yeah but i don't i'm talking to you right now i don't need faith to believe in you you're right here and god says oh i never thought of it that way and he disappears in a puff of logic um (laughs) so (laughs) you know same kind of thing but But i I, I would would even say that a lot of these one of the, the the downfalls to most certainly not all but most judeo christian um psychological horror thriller films and i'm excluding jacob's letter from this because that's just about death and the fact that it's heavily inspired by the tibetan book of the dead and stuff like that is beyond yeah i I don't think that's exclusive to yeah it's but there's with with few exceptions a lot of them don't have like a thought-provoking they don't big picture message the exorcist does the Exorcist does. Mm-hmm. I mean, what people don't... We, we talked a little bit about this when we... Eric, when we did our two-parter on The Exorcist yeah, prequel, the... the two versions of The Exorcist prequel. Um, but the original Exorcist film, and more importantly, it's the book, the source material to it, it's not necessarily just about, just about a little girl who's possessed by a demon. It's more about a priest who has lost their faith. What would it take to bring that back? Um, it would have to be pretty fucking serious. And, you know, well, how about a possessed little girl, right? So, but I can't say that's the same kind of... It, it's it's a, a important story because it also... That one is going into, like, the history of that priest's mother and his relationship with her. And there there's a lot of history there and there's a lot of characterization and character building in that, that book, which is why it's so great, why the movie's so great. Um but I don't feel like a lot of other ones that have kind of jumped off that springboard have brought that along. The, this well, movie is about shock value, and it just doesn't it do is, it very well. It's, I would say it's a monkey see, monkey don't understand, because they have, <laughs> Monkey like, spake, but yeah. You have a former priest loses faith, girl possessed, a supernatural entity uh, coming for her, and it's like, it, it's the whole classic... Like we were saying, like um, crisis of faith, whereas like exorcist, you see, you feel a crisis of faith and there's an emotional resolve or like a, a, a morally driven thing. Like you, you have this 
intimate relationship in a way towards priest and possessed girl like i need to save this person there's a tension there with this film it's just like you're kind of reminded oh yeah she's a MacGuffin. yeah <laughs> which well um, i'll give this movie credit for being one of the first ones to really say hey you know like the heroes of judeo-christian mythos maybe they're not all good but here's I'll the thing with that, that for being the one to really start that going but here's the thing, like, even that, like, exploring, like, so Gabriel's whole thing is that he's looking for this soul to prove that the love that God has for humanity is wasted. Like, he's essentially a jealous character, env- uh, envious of humanity, and feels like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, we were friends for life, and you fucking get this new fucking ditty. This is like the meme of the guy who's with a girl and looks behind and yeah. sees the other girl. That's what this <laughs> movie is for Gabriel. And then the movie ends with this human gain, regains his faith. God comes in to like intervene or vice versa. Maybe God intervenes. Man gets his faith. It doesn't matter. It does. It's really not that connected, but God shows that he intervenes proving Gabriel, right? Like God's a dick. <laughs> so that's, that's the way that I read that. It's just like, there's like no resolve that like, sure, I'm a human and I should appreciate the fact that humans are what, but the whole fucking movie, I'm like, I care more about Christopher Walken's character and he wants to annihilate me. And I'm like, ah, he's not yeah. disproven anything. We are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, 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 there, are, there are plot elements in this. I thought were kind of cool. The idea of you have somebody who has died and their soul is so rotten. Oh, so that that was cool. Yeah, you know that it it can upset a balance between this kind of bubbling civil war. That's cool. The idea that there's a civil war among angels. I guess it's just this was done. It was it, it has. I'll give it credit for being the first to really do it this way. But it's been done so much since then, in in some better and some just as blah. I mean, this is. Essentially, this movie became a like two and a half season plot on the show Supernatural. You know, oh God, <laughs> more yeah. than that, I think. More I, than I, that, I, know, I didn't watch I, the whole series. I but... used to like that show when it was like a Monster of the Week thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The first couple of years it was on, and then it became this. Yeah, it became <laughs> this. Where it's like, oh, angels are actually kind of fucked up. Yeah, okay, I've yeah. seen the prophecy movies. I've seen Legion. I've seen all you know, all those other ones, and so on. You know, yeah, angels are scary. Okay. Hey, throw a shout out for a movie we are gonna do is, uh, I, if I remember correctly, another another one I haven't seen in a long time. But some a film that did do this right is the Tales from the Crypt movie, Demon Knight, which we're gonna look at eventually on this podcast. It's a favorite, old favorite of mine as well. Oh, a Judeo Christian um, movie that actually does something kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for yes. Sure. I thought you were going to say Barry Lyndon for a moment, but yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, Barry Lyndon. Barry Lyndon does it too. No, it does. Um, yeah, there's... <laughs> the Exorcist does it well. I mean, it, it's got a, a message there. Um, dogma, in a way, kind of, but I don't know. The shit, yeah. the shit monster in Dogma actually brought it down a few points for me. Um, <laughs> It's dogma's got moments. It's it's funny and clever yeah. in moments, and then it it's well, honestly. Much in other here's places, the thing but. with dogma. I'm going to defend this because I brought up earlier the idea of like hell being this absence of. There's a deleted mm-hmm. scene in Dogma with uh, Jason Lee's character who has that whole spiel, uh, and uh, for me, that was a huge point in my life because so, uh, it's like describes like hell can you can still you can be religious and still go to hell it's it's a concept hell is a concept and that was that whole deleted scene which they kept the shit monster but they deleted that scene but they mention it briefly <laughs> in this movie the prophecy uh not as eloquently but they, it's it they like if they could have focused more on that aspect like when lucifer says what he says like hey like this concept of hell, like they could really would have really could have played with that because you could have showed Gabriel essentially already being in a hell, but they they focus on the fact that hell needs to be like this transformative physical place, but the reality is hell is 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 anyone can go through hell, any time of their life multiple times. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's that conceptual. Struggle. It's the conce- It's yeah. the constant struggle without hope. It's absence yeah. of love and support yeah. it, like you truly feel alone and angry for it it's abandonment 
Yeah. 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 And I think that, you know, like I said, there, there have been a couple movies that have kind of touched on Judeo-Christian mythos in a, in a horror thriller drama kind of way. And some of them are done really kind of really well and, uh, very effective and very creepy you know i mentioned and it's one i'd like to revisit at some point on on the show or maybe i'll just revisit on myself is the denzel washington movie fallen because i remember really liking that uh but that's not as much about like the the role of god it's just more like demonic possession jumping around from place to place um but you know there there have been a few that are are kind of uh kind of interesting so I don't want to throw the entire subgenre out, and I'll again, as I keep saying, I'll give Prophecy some credit for getting the ball rolling, or at least rolling in the '90s. Um, yeah. It's just been done a lot better. One movie I'll, I'll, and this is a stretch. We mentioned Kevin Smith's Dogma, um, but another Kevin Smith movie that I wouldn't say is a Judeo-Christian, you know, supernatural thriller movie. But it has a better impact than supernatural films. Is Red State? I knew it. I was waiting for that one. Red State, <laughs> and it's for the scene. For those of you that haven't seen Red State, um, turn it off. Uh, go watch it. Um, okay, you've been warned. So um, the, the there's a part at the end of that. You know, so essentially, it's it's showing Westboro Baptist Church type organizations as truly horrific, monstrous, murderous people, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's a scene at the end where as the FBI is, is So it's a documentary. It's pretty much a documentary. They were invited to the screening and they showed up. Which is just batshit in and of itself. But as the FBI is closing in and it it also brings in a lot of Waco, Texas, David Koresh Branch Davidian type stuff. It's a very this movie is out of left field. Um you hear this sound of Gabriel's horn. And there's a moment, the first time you see that movie, where you're going, holy shit. This shit's real. <laughs> and then it's not. Um, but it... Oh, so like they played it for a moment that, like... It turns out truly... it's a prank. Okay. It turns out it's a prank. But it's enough to get the Fred Phelps character out. And it's just complete coincidence, right? But it's it. I remember watching it with Sarah when the first time we saw it, and when that scene, we were both like, it was one of those cringe up on the couch, like, holy shit! You know what would be terrifying if God came down and was like, by the way, Westboro Baptist Church, they're the only ones that represent me. Holy shit! <laughs> That's kind of the fear you get for about ten seconds. And there's a movie I we should maybe bring up at some point. It's called End of the Line. That it's a low-budget oh, yeah, horror yeah. film that kind of goes there. What if the crazy Christian suicide cults are right? Yeah, end of the line's interesting movie. Yeah, it's pretty goddamn freaky. <laughs> yeah, you know, so there there are these kind of end-of-world Judeo-Christian films that that do kind of make you think. This one didn't make me think, but I give it some props for being the one that made other people think. So what yeah, what yeah. what would you give it as a grade? Um, I'm going to go with a C minus, which is sad because yeah. I think at one point it would have been higher, but I'm going to give it a C minus. It, it's got some, it's, the materials are there for a very thought provoking, uh, original concept. And I'm trying to keep in mind that this came out so long ago and it's just been copied and modified repeatedly since then. But you know what? Last week we talked about Jacob's Ladder. It's just now getting remade over the last week. It was just released. And it, nobody's been able to top that. Now, I haven't seen the remake of that, but nobody's been able to top that because that's such an original concept that even things that are inspired by it don't live up to it. Prophecy, it's been done a million times since it came out, and it's been done better. Even in worse, even in movies that aren't good, like Constantine, <laughs> it's been yeah. done better. So I'll give it some points for having a good cast of people that are trying, even though many of them are wasted, uh, and having a few key things that are kind of cool. Overall, though, the movie's pretty forgettable. I mean, 
Yeah. It's it's not one I would recommend you have to go out and see. It's it's just not. I'd say, yeah, here's the basic story, but it was told better 10 years later, 20 years later. You know, 30 years later. So, well, what about you? Yeah, I'm generally I'm in the same boat. Um <laughs> I'm not going to be quite as forgiving to it. It, it it's it's an actually an odd phenomenon that I haven't had to happen, even though we've been revisiting so many things from this era on this podcast. This has probably been the most extreme example of something that I I really liked when I saw it way back when, and now it just didn't really hit do anything for me. Like I like I we've talked about there are a couple of good things about it. Walkins Walkins good in it, kind of you know he's kind of miscast. Viggo Mortensen's great, and it's an interesting take on the character of you know the devil. But in general, it's it's disappointing and didn't age well, so I'm going to have to give it a D, I think. Like, this is one that, it's funny, at one point in my life it would have been a much higher grade, but I just, I don't know, I was kind of bored with it. Hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I found I was losing interest quickly as well. What about you, Ryan? I, I want to give it a D as well, but... But because I enjoy Christopher Walken and Vigo's characters and acting in this movie so much, uh, I, I it did bring it up to a C minus for me. Um, but it's like it's fun to watch Christopher in that role because it's fun to watch Christopher in any damn role, and it's it's just it's it's a it's a dream to see that. But it's like you don't need to see the movie; you can watch clips online, and that's that's the best of it same goes with vigo like vigo's great to watch but that's really the highlight of it it's i'm just gonna be beating the dead horse if i because i just repeat everything that you guys say i will say <laughs> this is this is pretty much christopher walken's leprechaun series that's what i'm gonna say it is oh i like you that. got the first movie with like a, a big name star that you surprise i'm like okay I guess he's getting a franchise it, this first one wasn't great and then it doesn't get any better from what i read because i'm not gonna watch him from what I read, and it just gets worse and fucking worse, and it's like, all right, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, I I don't remember enough about the sequels to confirm, but <clears throat> I think they're at least the second and third one are very much in the same vein, but even less interesting. But that's because he stopped. He go, he's gone after the third one. Christopher Walken's yeah. gone after the third one. That's like, all. His character I saw, has yeah. an arc, right. and it completes. Hmm. Well, well yeah. he must know something, right? But yeah. but there well, it is. I mean, own, so yeah, I, I can't now, speak. So. We didn't we didn't cover all the all the sequels, right? And I haven't seen them all either. I think I might have seen the second one. I've got them all. Maybe I should actually turn around and watch them one of these days. But no, uh, that's the sign. Know. That's yeah. the sign right there. Yeah, I, I had them, and I don't. You know, it was one of those five dollars for all of them. Okay, and I wasn't really that interested. But yeah, I I may have done the same thing, but I probably would have you know done the same thing and not watched him after yeah <laughs> after seeing the first one again but but as this kind of concludes our uh, and i don't feel we really did it justice but it's what you're gonna get because it's what we did uh our review <laughs> of supernatural Jude especially kind of judeo-christian though i think you know jacob's ladder is questionable whether it's judeo-christian it's again it's just more about like the inevitable it's about death um yeah yeah but i'd like to know does anybody else have any different opinions about the prophecy did this movie really speak to you or let's throw this one out there is this one that would be ripe for a remake maybe this would be the one kind of reboot that could do it better or is it going to be just like silent night deadly night where it's they're going to reboot it and it's going to be just as fucking bad or worse uh, but yeah. feel free to drop us a line. You can find us on Facebook at Video Junkyard Podcast or our specific Facebook group, which is quite exclusive at Video Junkyard Podcast group on Facebook. You can also find us he on Twitter. He said it with a pinky in his mouth. You can I hear it really did. when you said exclusive. Exclusive. I was also uh, <laughs> winking on a monocle. Um, you can also find <laughs> us on Twitter at Video Junk Pod. Find us on Instagram. Or shoot us an email direct, videojunkyardpodcast at gmail.com. If you write it, we'll read it. We'd love to know your opinions on this or any of the movies that we talk about on the podcast. Yeah, write in. Tell us what you think of the prophecy. Tell me, um, you know, that I'm being an old curmudgeon and that this has some redeeming qualities because I don't see it anymore. But so. Danzig's in the second one, so you can't bring up that because we already know that's cool. Yeah, well, I mean, 
Maybe I'll revisit it for that reason. Maybe for that, I guess. The for first, the two and a half seconds of yeah, screen The first, time. like, ten minutes of the movie or something that you might see him in there. But uh, we also want to invite you to please keep tuning in and share us around and tell your friends about the podcast. In the upcoming episodes, we're going to be... Uh, Ryan is going to be with us again next week when we review the entire Darkman series for a Forgotten Franchise special episode. After that, we're going to have a small a three-part series on the 80s, 90s small monstrous little thing type movies. <laughs> I don't know what else to describe. Movies that are life, life, small folks, carnivorous life, creatures. Small carnivorous creatures. So gremlins but not S- gremlins. SCCs. Yeah, as we discover we discuss movies like Critters, Ghoulies, and Munchies, we'll be talking about Space Camp, Real Genius, Demonite Bordello of Blood. Somewhere down the line, we will, of course, be bringing up Barry Lyndon. So I invite you all to keep <laughs> listening and keep sharing and drop us a line here at the Video Junkyard Podcast. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric O'Branson. And I'm Ryan Steiskel. Have a good evening. Night. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go. Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. On Twitter at Video Junk Pod, and on Instagram as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard? <laughs> <laughs>